This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, I can't believe I'm about to say this. We review The Flash. Oh, shit. Yeah. It, the movie exists. It came out. Plus, Craven the Hunter trailer reaction. Disney delays the Avatar sequels and Marvel movies. We remember the legendary Marvel Comics artist John Romita Sr. Jack Kirby's son is not a fan of the new Stan Lee documentary. Marvel may have the Hulk movie rights back and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, June 19th, 2023. Hey, it's Michael Rosenbaum, and you are listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? Because you, my friend, need to keep up with all the latest superhero and comic book TV and movie news. And nobody brings it like these guys do. Check them out. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Clouds out there. Let's give it up. What is happening, listener? How's it going? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He is the jock. And he is the nerd. Why are you saying it like you're you're talking so weird? He is. Sometimes I like to switch it up just to keep people on their toes. <laughs> Maybe they're like, is he having a stroke right now? I don't know. I'm going to tune in and find you're out. Having, it's as if there's a period after every word you're <laughs> he saying. Is the, Maybe I'm AI generated. Is this even a real person? You're going to have to keep listening. Uh, here's a real person joining us. People, he is more dangerous than the reverse flash. More dangerous than the dark flash. It is the prolapse rug boy. Oh, yeah. They call me the reach around flash. That yellow shit ain't lightning coming off of him. Look out. It's, it's the, me coming out of my suit. The reach around flash. Yeah. I like that. Yes. You like that callback? Anyways, how's the slack hole, Rugs? It's not. I didn't. Uh, it's, uh, I tightened it up a little okay. bit. Okay. High and yeah. tight. Great. Stitching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we got a big comic book movie to discuss and a couple of fun things in the news. Let's get to it, you bastards. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. We'll start with this relatively breaking news, and I only say that because it just came out on the day we record, but you're going to hear this like two days later, so it is what it is. You've probably seen it by now. I am talking- It is what it is, you bastards. It is. Come on, you bastards. Lame. <laughs> I am talking about the trailer, official trailer for Sony's Craven the Hunter a, uh, it's part of their Spider-Man-less Sony Spider-Man universe, whatever they're calling it over there. Uh, there was a, what, what I saw happen was that it leaked on Twitter, and then they just did the smart thing and just put the fucking thing out. Maybe it was going to come out today. But I, I watched the leak, and then I watched the Red Band trailer. And, yeah, boy, is it Red Band. It's basically a movie shark. It, it's yes the whole, the whole thing with the trailer that's what trailer was are. a leak and then they had to yes they're like the oh out. it came out okay well just fucking drop it just plop it yeah plop it in the toilet just gonna have they to come sharded out. the craven the hunter trailer yes uh of course we have aaron taylor johnson playing uh craven and uh, jonathan taylor thomas plays uh, <laughs> that's the kid from home improvement <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh, <laughs> oh. uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, Russell Crowe playing his dad. 
Uh, I didn't know he was in that. This. I yeah. Didn't know so that. Russell Crowe adds a little bit of gravitas here. Quick, just quick recap of what they're showing us is uh, Russell Crowe is a hunter and uh, the uh, young Sergey, I guess that's him. Uh, his mom dies and uh, he's being trained to shoot lions and uh, lion mauls him. His dad leaves him for dead. Uh, blood goes into Sergey and now connects him with animals. Uh, and he's hunting people and some other things happen. And it's Aaron Taylor Johnson and in a leather vest with no shirt. I don't know how I feel about this. The red band trailer had <laughs> a lot of violence. There's some great blood. There's a whole fucking bear trap to the face. Quick shot that I thought I was like, Oh, Oh, but, uh, this thing where he has powers is weird and it is R rated. Uh, but there's no Spider-Man. There's spiders. There's no Spider-Man. Anthony, what what do, you, what do you make of this? I'm not the Craven expert that I'm sure you guys are more knowledgeable on than I am. That being said, I did see the Red Band trailer. The only thing this movie has going for it is it's an R-rated superhero flick. Yeah. But I, I was looking up on Wikipedia because I was like, wait a minute, you get, did he get bit by a radioactive no! lion what the fuck is this shit yes. and i looked it up online and he gets some he does have powers but he gets them from some sort of plants or potions oh that's um, right i thought he was just tr- well trained but he's well, that stronger too, but, yeah but that too but he starts doing like monkey shit and crawling on walls yeah he's yeah. like running on like what is happening here there so the theme with these sony villain spinoffs and just what they've been doing with when they make movies is they're just obsessed with animal yeah human hybrid or blood being infected you know you have venom you have morbius and now you're doing craven um oh that is interesting yeah it's like all there, kind there's, of the there's, thing. i i bet we'd be willing to bet a good amount of money that there's no way this movie's any good <laughs> or the, makes any money i mean it looked <laughs> rugs what'd you think it looked kind of generic dead on arrival is it <laughs> is this look work can this be worse than morbius is it not morbing time like if if you're like if it's on netflix and you got nothing to watch you this throw is it a on, complete netflix looking movie right i here. feel like yeah i feel like it's a fine film it'll be fine in that regard but i think when you're putting it up to like good movies like that are at big releases like is this is going to be dead on arrival his abs will sell some tickets <laughs> like i know that that's possible uh but i don't think it's enough first of all the mustache is not respectable I, and he doesn't well he doesn't have an accent i always thought craven like had come on like we just watched rrr with probably one of the most epic mustaches Strong that you're ever going to see on yeah. screen and Craven should be at least like halfway there. But Rugs in the Red Band trailer, he bites a dude's nose off. He does. And he spits it out. And he spits it out. He doesn't eat it, but uh, it's uh, it's quite a thing. Let uh, me yeah. before you dive into anything. I, like I want to get back to. He gets bit by a radioactive lion. Is this what's, <laughs> what they're doing? What I, what is this? Or is it just a lion and he gets bit and you, they're now saying you can get bit by lions and that lion looks terrible. By the, the, way. the lion look there's a better tiger in RRR, but the <laughs> he's not, he gets bit, but then you see the, his blood drop into an open wound. I don't think the lion has powers. Uh, and then suddenly, like he can track people like wolves, and he's all fast and cunning. And 
I don't understand what's going on here. He doesn't have a Russian Look, accent. Uh, superhero and comic book origins, they're stupid. <laughs> All right. They're usually stupid, but like there's always some kind of X factor yeah. that creates like the the realm of possibilities. Like if this tiger or this lion was like radio shot with something, shot up with some drug or something and then the blood gets in okay like, maybe okay. yeah but if it's well, just a regular lion and the blood goes in it we know that nothing happens well here's the thing too rugs is two weeks ago you went you made the statement that sony with beyond the spider-verse is doing better than marvel in terms of honoring the canon and yet the same studio that produces Beyond the Spider Verse. I don't understand how this works. Yeah, now does this? I can't believe it's where the same this is studio. not at all, uh, from what I can understand, how Craven's origin is. Well, we don't know that hundred percent. We're just guessing off. We're the speculating trailer. based, but the the trailer heavily, heavily implies. Yes, you're he right. Gets bit by a lion alive, but confects <laughs> him with gets with lion powers. powers. I think, I'm, I'm, but, what I'm saying is, this. How can the studio that can make something so is, good? It's amazing, Spider Man. Yeah. Been, it's desperation, the, Anthony, yeah. because, okay, you have Spider-Verse, and you have this animation loophole where they can make Spider-Man movies that not going to compete with the Marvel one. It's going to exist on a different plane. So, like, they have, they don't really have the, the constraints of, and they're really desperate to try and create a hero that's not Spider-Man. See, like, th- none of these movies should be made being made about about uh, Morbius. Oh, yeah, none of them. Absolutely. Not, like, a Venom movie is he's, he's even a, a stretch. Yeah. He's a bad guy. He's should be part of Spider-Man stuff. Even though he's got his own book in Marvel Universe, he's still, like, for a movie going... Like, for a comic book, you can do anything because there's a, you don't really need that big of an audience to support a comic book. But to get, like, the kind of money yeah. you're going to get for, like, a big-budget movie where you're spending money on effects and shit... Yeah, you can't really. It's not going to happen. So um, this is all desperation, Anthony. That's all it is. Yeah, and, and what you're seeing too, which makes, I mean, we we already have seen Morbius flop. We've seen Shazam or Black Adam. We've seen Shazam. We'll talk about the Flash. There's not much of an appetite for shit superhero movies right yeah, now. Yeah, like so. So to put this out, given what the market is, I mean, it's just. As you I, said, Rugs, it's just dead. This is like a, a horrible, horrible thing. I, I think yes. what happened was they got encouraged by the first Venom. They did. Like doing pretty good. Yep. And getting decent reviews. And and I think No Way Home also where they were like, oh, people like what we did with Spider-Man. Right. We could bring back some of these characters. Right. So they've kind of been emboldened, but... At the end of the day, if you ask anybody, do they want a Craven movie? No one's like, yeah, do it. Like, even a Morbius movie, we're like, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. No. no one was like that. I don't understand no. who these movies are for. If you are a hardcore Spider Man fan, you are like me going, yeah, I love Craven when Spider Man's in it, not in his own movie. I don't know how you do without Spider Man. And then the general audience has no fucking idea who these people are, they don't care. I mean, this is kick-ass Quicksilver. It, they just equate... Every, the movie business just equates everything in a very strange way. So they say, hey, the Joker did well. Not counting that the Joker is probably one of the most famous bad guys of all time and was being played by Joaquin Phoenix. And it was kind of like a a ripoff of a Martin Scorsese film. So, like, all those things 
created a buzz around the Joker. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, we can make movies about bad guys and they're going to have just as big of a pull as like a hero that's famous. And none of these guys, like Venom, okay, Venom has some cachet, but Morbius doesn't. Uh, Craven surely does not. Yeah. Craven is known for walking around in fucking ballerina slippers <laughs> and, a and fuzzy fucking vest. circus tights yeah. <laughs> and ultimately blowing himself away. Um, at the end of uh, Craven's Last Hunt. That's what he's famous for. I mean, that that's the thing. is He was created by Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, but J.M. Demodius wrote the definitive story with right. Mike Zek on art, and that shit is amazing. But it works because you are a fan of Spider-Man. You're invested in Spider-Man. This guy comes in, turns his whole world upside down. I this is I don't know how Sony can make the Across the Spider-Verses movie so good and then turn around and shit this out. This trailer looks fucking well, horrible. You want to know what I, what is the most sad thing about this is that you're burning a character. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. burning Craven. Like yeah. you need Craven. You need Craven to make Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah. Like that's the that's like one of the other like there's two or three untold Spider-Man stories that you can still do. That are, yeah. That are that that are huge. Yeah. And that's one of them. And now you're burning Craven. You're gonna fucking waste Craven on this stupid movie. And you're never going to make Craven's Last Hunt, and you're and we're all going to lose out on that. Well, and the thing is, is I don't know. It's hard to even decipher what the end game is on right? this. I don't no pun intended, because you have Vulture meeting Morbius at the end of Morbius, and you have the Venom movies. Now you have Craven, but it's not even really known if you're going to have any version. You're not. I don't know if you'll have Tom Holland Spider Man to play with. So like. Where you do? What are you doing? What are we doing? Where is this going? Is this I don't even know what six? this is. You know, they did the same thing in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. It was all animal-based, animal DNA hybrids. They were trying to do Sinister Six. At the end of this, you get a tease of Rhino, who I guess is in the movie, but it's not a guy in a suit like it is in the comics. Like we've seen, it's a guy who's turning into his skin is turning into actual Rhino fucking armor for some reason. For the Sinister Six, you got Venom, Morbius. Craven, Rhino, Miss and who else? Vulture. Miss, Vulture. I don't know. You could do Venom, the Vulture. So that's five. Who are we missing now? I mean, if you're gonna do like the comics, I mean, you can do anything. Yeah, Doc Ock. You got Mysterio. You got Scorpion. Scorpion still out there. Yeah. Matt Gargan. Rex, the Foreigner is in this movie. Remember the Foreigner from Marvel Comics? He's a good bad guy. I remember the Foreigner. You, yeah, remember he was with the Rose, the Rose and the Foreigner. Oh yeah, you, you know who's playing Ryan, the Rhino. I mean, well, who uh, who is it? So it's the, this guy named Alessandro Nivola. Yeah, who got his start as Pollux Troy in Face Off? Oh, it's that little guy. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's that little brother from Nicholas Cage. That's right. That's his brother, Nicholas Cage. Pollux Troy. Ariana DeBose is in this too. That's interesting. Like like how miscast is that? Alessandro. Wow, he's the Rhino. This is now their second crack at Raven. Uh, Raven, excuse me. Rhino, and the first one was Paul Giamatti. Yeah, which is also way which off. Which is awful. Yeah. <laughs> now they're doing yeah, this. it's a little bit of a miscast. That guy's not a bad actor uh, at no. all. Like, he's been in stuff that's been actually pretty good. But, like, Russell Crowe, you would think would add some something to this, but it still feels fucking generic and B-movie as fuck. I like you said, anything. the only thing it has above Morbius is it's R-rated, and maybe the violence is something to it, go watch. To the Russell Crowe point, though, Russell Crowe has been pouring himself out in a lot of different oh he has has he i mean he's been in the mummy he was playing a a 
a Zeus that was in love with orgies and oh, Lord, that's Thor, true. Love of Thunder. He, uh, he he hasn't exactly been doing prestige stuff. He just yeah, he, he has to pay some bills. There was this yeah. this movie called The Pope's Exorcist that came out and bombed completely, and he, he that was uh he was. But I heard that he was actually good. Yeah, in no, but yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not referring to those. I'm referring yeah. he's been doing big budget movies for a bit now. That's true. He, he played Zor El, Man of Steel. Like he's not above pouring himself out. Also, money. did you see how they position Craven? Like, is he a good guy? He has a line where he's like, my dad releases bad people into the world and then I hunt them down. So like, is this a good guy? Is he a bad guy? They're, I mean, they're, they're, what they're doing is, again, they're, they're having this pattern where they're making every Spider-Man villain an anti-hero. Yeah. And what's cool about an anti-hero is there's not many of them. But if you have six of them on the fucking all, same yes, team. Every movie you make. They're all anti-heroes? Doesn't work. Uh, yeah, this, I was like, oh, fuck. So am I rooting for them against Spider-Man? Am I rooting against them? Eventually, when they meet Spider-Man, are they going right. to team up or are they going to fight? I know this makes sense. It's coming out October. I think I, everybody forgot. But woof, Sony. All right, good luck with that one. It can't be worse than Morbius. I have hope that... I don't think it's going to be worse than Morbius. I Morbius, that is, that, Morbius yeah. is a special... Like It is. We haven't heard that lo- a lot of Craven like drama. Yeah. Like we did with Morbius. Yeah. Like This seems well, like maybe they're... I don't know. Well, also, Jared Leto is a very polarizing figure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it, it's easy to hate Jared Leto's shit just because he's Jared Leto. I think that movie had a lot of negative vibes going into it, as you mentioned. But I think it's a lot of it's because of Jared Leto. Similar to the movie we're going to review later. (laughs) Had a lot of things up against it. Uh, Listener, let us know what you think of this Craven trailer. You can join this conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. There is a link in the episode description. It is an exclusive closed group just for our listeners. It is the place where you can get involved in our upcoming 21st Century Action Movie Tournament. Which right now we are tentatively uh, going to be recording next week. Oh shit! With John Blotty, it's actually going to happen. So this is your last chance. Uh, you can get involved. There is a thread in our Facebook group, or if you go to jockinner.com/slash action movie tournament, there is a list of forty movies. All you have to do, real simple, send us the movies you think will make the top four, the final four, for a chance at notoriety and praise, <laughs> and maybe some other things. We'll see. But Lori. Uh, the lists are updated and uh, it should be fun. Uh, guess who's going to make the top four? Okay, that's on our Facebook group. Let's move on. Writer strike update. Well, they're still on strike. Oh, shit. Week seven, eight. I don't know. It's a, a, are you going to go through a track. list of things that gets delayed? Yes. Here's all okay. the things that have been delayed. It's a lot of things, mostly from Disney. And I think a lot of this is because of the writer strike and other things, right? Uh, so there, they did a whole schedule overhaul. Here's the highlights. They are adding a live action Moana movie in 2025. And I think the rock is playing like the same character he played. Uh, here's a weird thing. Deadpool three is being moved up aside from all these delays. This one movie is moving up from November, 2024 to May, 2024. That seems odd in the, in in the age of writer strikes and, and needing more time. This movie's either no, it's probably done. It's probably done, Close and they're like, done, yeah. yeah. So moving it up is crazy. Okay, they've added an untitled Star Wars movie in 2026. Here's the big ones: Avatars three, four, and five have all shifted uh, a, a year each. Okay, so Avatar two is now coming out December 2025. 
three. Oh, sorry, three. Avatar three, December twenty twenty five. Avatar four, December twenty twenty nine. And Avatar five, December twenty thirty one. Oh shit! First of all, what the fuck is even happening? We are talking about James Cameron plans on living a really we, long. Life. We are talking about <laughs> movies coming out in twenty thirty one. That is eight years from now, and it is also twenty two years after the original Avatar came out. The fifth movie is going to come out. Okay, that shit is crazy. Any comment on that? Is this going to hurt? I heard also that he may hand off directing. The last two movies. He might have to. At this, he's gonna be like seventy years old. Like, what is the fuck? this gonna hurt? I mean, it's gonna hurt if he's, he's already dead. seventy years old. <laughs> he isn't is. It's gonna hurt if Christ. he dies. Yes, that's yes. Really, it. Really will hurt. I mean, the, the second movie made over two billion. Can he continue to make two billion? But twenty thirty one. Jesus, I can't. That's weird. You, you would, uh, yeah. That's a long. T- I mean. I would just be like, I would just stop at a trilogy and just, just you know. call it a day after the third yeah. one. Yeah, 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 and like. Again, no need the, this. the second Avatar made a lot of money, so kudos to him. But I, I never thought of Avatar as a franchise that would last 22 years. 22 years. Uh, yeah, why yeah. are we doing this? But, I mean, he, he's so far, he's on a good run. So, fuck yeah, I don't know. So let, I guess let him at it. He's, this is going to be the rest of his life. He's got more in the tank, he thinks, you know. Dude, how old? Well, how old? And, and you just have to come to the realization that he's not going to leave... Um, Pandora, the, 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 all the movies he potentially could have made. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. The last twenty-two years, I'm just gonna focus on Avatar. I'm, you're not gonna get any other ideas from me other than this. Anthony, how old will you be in twenty thirty-one? I, you know, that crossed my mind when I saw this. I will be forty-three years old. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm gonna be in my like late fifties, mid fifties until the fucking Avatar five comes out. I'm gonna what? be forty-three watching Avatar five. <laughs> We will still be doing this uh, podcast eight years from now. Uh, but uh, but I, I will, I, you know, I think I'm willing to bet, though, I won't look like you at 43. <laughs> no, no, you're going to look exactly the same is the fucking <laughs> shitty part of it. But yeah, okay, 2031. Okay, wait, there's more. Marvel yes. has moved lots of things around. Captain America yeah. Brave New World now moving from May 3rd, 2024 to July 2024, a few months. That delays Thunderbolts. Uh, back to December 2024, Blade is now delayed to February 2025, Fantastic Four is coming out May 2025, Avengers King Dynasty getting pushed back a whole year from May 2025 to May 2026, and Secret Wars is jumping a year to May 2027. They have also added, uh, there's going to be two Star Wars movies coming out in, in, in December 2026, uh, I think no. There's two movies, in, two Star Wars movies in 2026. One in 2027. Uh, so everything is getting pushed back. And Blade, you think Mahershala Ali sticks around? Now that they haven't shot one fucking frame of this movie, and it just got delayed again. Um, I don't know if he sticks around. Hmm. Ah, man, I don't know. He's gonna be. I mean, he's in his fifties already. Yeah. What is it? 2023? We're talking Avengers movies in 26 and 27. Okay. Well, what's crazy is those movies were supposed to both come out, I think, in 24. Oh, really? They're supposed to do both originally. When they first announced it, I might be wrong. That's right. They were going to do both in the same year. That's right. It was going to be very close. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we're just going to have to wait. I'll tell you, it's going to be a big gap, I guess. I mean, I think this is, you know, they had to do this. So it's not like they chose to. But. More time is good. Don't rush these out. 
Yeah, 2031 is not that far away. No, well, not that. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> It's not like the Marvel movies. It's fucking crazy that it's 2030. It's just weird to even think about that number. Wow. Yeah. So lots of reshuffling, lots of waiting around while we watch other things. Uh, let's move on to, I have to mention, we lost a legend, a comic book artist, a Spider-Man artist, one of the greatest. We must pay our respects to John Romita Sr., who uh, passed away this week. He was 93. Had a full life, co-created characters uh, like the Punisher, Mary Jane. And if you're a Spider-Man fan who grew up in like the 70s and 80s, probably the first image of Spider-Man I ever saw was drawn by John Romita Jr. My light switch has Spider-Man on it has a John Romita Spider-Man. I have a garbage can, my childhood garbage can I've had since I was six. When we moved my mom out, we got our condo, we were cleaning out the house. I still have this garbage can. It is full John Romita. Isn't there Romita artwork uh, right behind you right now? Uh, yeah, it's based on the Romita. Yeah, that pose. So essentially, like this guy did so many iconic panels: Spider-Man No More cover, Spider-Man walking away from a suit in the trash. Um, he also helped co-create co- Wolverine. Uh, his son, of course, is, is also great, John Romita Jr. But the, all the classic runs from the late seventies and eighties. Uh, I love like uh, also what he did. Marvel at this point had the light, a lot of license, a lot of T-shirts, a lot of stuff out all the licensed merch they were selling. You know, that pose of, of Spider-Man where he's in like a crouch and one hand is out. That's like on everything. That's yeah. John Romita Jr. John, or senior John Romita drew every like commercial piece of Spider-Man that you could buy back in the day. So he's like a big part of my childhood and my love for Spider-Man is this way uh, John Romita drew Spider-Man. Yeah, I always liked John Romita because um, Steve Ditko used to draw Spider-Man all, all like really like skinny yes. and weird looking. Yes. Which I love that yeah. too, but then there's the other dichotomy of like the Romita Spider-Man where he's like, kind of like got that really nice muscular build. Yeah, and, it's uh, a little more defined. The webs are like yeah. a lot more methodical in how they how he planned them out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I feel like that he was able to kind of distill it down to like a very copyable style. Iconic, yes, and good for animation. Yes, Vermita did follow once Ditko left. He took over the book for a long time. But yeah, the whole, you know, the sequence of Green Goblin unmasking Peter, all those stories. And I when I started drawing Spider-Man, I think I drew John Romita Spider-Man. He did the book. Remember how to draw comics the Marvel way? Wasn't that John Romita? All that stuff in there was John. Either that or John Basema, one of the one of the one of the Johns. One of the Johns. Anthony, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen these old old images of Spider Man that are John Romita. What do you know about John Romita? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that. I'm 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 not even gonna. I know that I've seen the images, but I'm not gonna pretend like I know all his work. Man, he was great. The, Just, the, the, the best one though is the one where he walks away from the suit in the trash can. Yeah, uh, again, classic, classic panel. We did work for Marvel and DC over his career, but when I read that, I was like, "Oh man, this guy shaped a big part of my childhood and my drawing." Well, ninety three, yeah, yeah, he, he had a good Full run, life, and he, and his legacy lives on. Yeah. And his son is a great artist, and who knows if that if this is going to be a dynasty like that's going to keep going and going. Yeah, does but. Junior have a, a kid who's drawing? Because that would be great. You I don't know. I love both of the Ramitas, Senior and Junior. His style is definitely more unique, right? Junior's to from his dad's, but they're both really good. Well, you're saying whose is more unique? John, uh, John Romita Junior's style is unique to his father's. It's like different, right? It's not. Oh, I feel okay. like that John Romita 
uh, senior has been copied and yeah. like became the Marvel style. Yes, yes, the house style. Uh, so like John Romita Jr. is like his own thing. Like no one does it like him. Like he's he's very unique. So which I I think is applaudable as well. So I think they're both different sides. But the great thing about them both is they both draw an awesome fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that cover where uh, Peter marries Mary Jane. That's a classic cover. He did that one. He did lots of them. So, look, speaking of Marvel Comics and John Romita and Craven uh, and all of their creators, one namely Stan Lee, there is a new Stan Lee documentary. On yeah, is it Disney watchable? Plus. Well, I watched it, and let me tell oh, you, you, think you can watch it. You can watch it. I was going to wait till what are we watching, but I, this kind of ties into this because Stanley also co- created Craven and uh, Spider Man. It is, it's, it's pretty good. It's well done. It is kind of like a big infomercial. There is some uh, propagandizing, maybe, and self mythologizing on the point part of Stanley, which is what the thing he did. Uh, but he does bring up the Marvel house style and what it was like working with Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby uh, and what the method was, him giving them the plots, them going off, doing their thing and coming back with a whole different story. He would write in the word bubbles, um, but he still maintains that he makes it seem like he created everybody and he does give credit to Ditko and Kirby. But there's uh, there's a part of the documentary where there's a great phone uh, radio show where Jack Kirby's on this radio show and Stanley calls in to wish him a happy birthday and they kind of like friendly go at it about who you know who did what and it's still debated today in the documentary he mentioned Steve Ditko and him got an argument and it's the thing who who owns the idea the guy who came up with the idea or the guy who drew the idea and made made it tactile and made it a thing. You know, or do they both deserve credit? I think it's. I think that to have an idea and do nothing with it is, you know, does that is, count? I mean, you have the idea, and you maybe you have a brilliant idea, but you don't. You don't have any plans to do anything with it. You're never going to do anything with it. So, if you person who brings it to life should get maybe a, a partial credit, I don't think you should get complete credit. I think that generating an, a great idea is very hard. But also, if you bring it to life and you really do something with it you know that that's that can't be discounted either so well you know who's not happy with this documentary and you know it's a disney plus thing and you know they were gonna do kind of fluff it up and make it very positive towards stan of course but neil kirby jack kirby's son uh oh he's not happy he posted this long well, ass you thing. know his dad got the shaft big yeah, time like yeah. so he's got an axe to grind and he probably heard uh lots of different people talk shit about Stan Lee, so he, he he's probably got a lot of bad feelings towards Stan Lee. But the thing is, is that Stan Lee's dead. He didn't make this documentary. Yes. It's Marvel's thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really Stan's fault that they chose that footage or, or chose that narrative. It's like they're Marvel's trying to curate a product. And, uh, you know, at least they did put that phone call in there. Yes, at that least was, they that did. Was surprising. You can listen. They did yeah. include a little bit of something just to make people understand they, yes, that they did. Stanley, you know, he had some help. Yeah, he had a lot, of, and Steve Ditko too. Yeah, and they, you know, there's a great story about why Ditko got the job as Spider-Man because Jack Kirby would was drawing Spider-Man all jacked and muscular, and Stan's like, no, he's a teenager, and Ditko drew him all lanky like a teenager. But then Ramita comes in, gives him a little bit of tone, 
but yeah, Kirby's son is like basically, you know, my dad did a lot and he added a lot. And, you know, surely Stan, we do assume he says that there was never any other co-creators that walked in Stanley's office with an idea all about taking credit. It's very interesting. It's a, it's a, it's an all right documentary. If you don't know the story, um, it's fun to watch. But all of this happens. He's like 40 years old. And that's what he creates Spider-Man like yeah. in the middle of his career. So. I knew that was going to happen the minute I watched this. I was like, oh, someone is going to have a problem with this crediting because, yes, Stan did take all the credit, but Jack and Steve did a lot of stuff. Okay. Anyways, Anthony, any comment on that? You would, nope. would you watch this Stanley documentary? Nope. Okay. Nothing. Uh, no, I wouldn't say hard no. I'd say 90% nope. <laughs> it's all about creators' rights. We got to get them sorted out. Okay. Maybe you'll have a comment on this. Last thing in the news. Uh, something interesting is happening with the uh, the rights to the Incredible Hulk there, which have been muddled for years between Universal, right, and Marvel, which is why we've never got a solo Hulk film, and he isn't just other Hulk things. Uh, the on Disney Plus now is the Ed the Ed Norton no not the Ed Norton the uh, yeah the Ed Norton Hulk yes. film it wasn't there before yes the Ed Norton directed by Louis Leterrier has been added to Disney Plus, uh, leading people to think maybe the rights issues have been resolved. A lot of the articles mentioned that there's an SEC filing from back in 2005 that lays out the terms of Universal's rights distribution strategy, which uh, were laid out for a 15-year period. So it is possible that these are now expiring. And the movie released in 2008. It's 15, it's been 15 years. So that these are going to expire and the distribution rights will go back to Marvel, meaning they could make a solo Hulk movie. My question is, is it too late? Would we want this? Is there even a point to doing this anymore? If they get the rights back to make solo Hulk movie. If they do a World War Hulk or something like that, maybe. With this I don't nerfed know, but... like Professor Hulk, who's all like, you know, not really that big and violent. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I really, uh, I'm very doubtful. I mean, that's that's the way you could rewrite him back into being this threat. Is there some sort of inciting incident that makes him go from Professor Hulk to World War Hulk? That would be great. Uh, I think, actually, I think this is really good for Marvel because Hulk is still one of the flagship characters and they haven't been able to create a, yeah. it's their own movie with the character. Yeah. And they've had a ton of movies to build him up into his thing, but haven't had a solo. So I think as far as IP with Marvel, they're kind of scraping at a lot of C-level characters. So to be able to make a Hulk move, I think is going to help them. Yeah, I mean, Hulk, one of the original, also that then that Stan Lee documentary mentions, like in a four-year period, Stan created all these fucking, like Hulk was one of them. I think it was one of like the second or third things he came up with. But Because if you remember back in... The early 2000s, Blade was like kind of its own thing. Yeah. But the first IP they went to was Spider-Man, uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, and then Hulk. Oh, that's right. Ang Lee's Hulk was one of the first IPs they went and made a movie out of. Well, they, it's because they sold those like they did the X-Men, Spider-Man. Well, yeah, but what I'm getting at yeah. is that these movies, Hulk was is a, is a big name. Yeah. That's well, a, yeah, that's a, that's a, almost A-level character. They had a TV show yeah, in the 80s, yeah. so and these, early 70s. Yeah. Yep. Great TV show, Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby. Come on, it's classic. But they've only been able to use him as a supporting character. So maybe it is now is the time. Maybe it's not too late. Turn him back into Rage Hulk and just fucking send him on this crazy fucking battle. The, the one problem with the Hulk as a main character is the thing. And this I saw this on 
a long time ago. But the one, the thing that was always troublesome in making a Hulk movie is he's a character. As a fan, you want to see him as Hulk, as a monster, as a monster. Yeah. But the at the root of the character is that he doesn't want to be Hulk. Yeah. yeah so you're rooting for something that the character you want to root for doesn't want to be. <laughs> he's got to fight it. That's a good point. I don't know how you make that. You gotta have. You gotta pair him up with some people to bounce off of too. That'll work. But that trauma in that Bill Bixby show, man, on that TV show, you felt bad for him because the guy had to move towns, change his name every week because he tried not to be Hulk, and then he hulks out, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, now I gotta move." I just smashed up this whole place. Like, let me let me see that day to day Hulk. Yeah, I feel like he. There's a lot of different things you can do, um, but yeah, World War Hulk or some kind of version of World War Hulk, where he becomes the bad guy, and he has his intellect, and but he's like badass and strong, and uh, yeah, he's got his own plan for the world, and they have to take him down. It'd be pretty cool. You could do multiverse Hulk and have fucking Ed Norton Hulk and the other fucking Hulk. Oh my god! I'll show up at the strange. same time. Yes. Dude, no way home with Hulk. I mean, they've already bought over, like, Liv Tyler is returning, right? And uh, General Ross is coming over from that movie, so Abomination. Uh, they've got everybody. and Oh, and the leader. We're going to see him again. Now it's time for a Hulk right. movie. Yeah. Hopefully he has yeah. a nice little pencil mustache. <laughs> and a big long head. Yeah. All right. That's a good place to take a break right here, everybody. We're going to play some promos and come back and talk about a movie about a guy who's really fast that took a really long time to come out. Right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV, I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news. And somehow we have listeners. So they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app. Because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Listener, if you like this show, you must join our awesome fan club on Patreon. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd. And you can give back on a monthly or annual basis. And there's tiers with benefits and you get stuff. There's an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's bonus content, instant reactions, 
post shows, lots of fun things there. You get to hang out with us on our monthly Discord hangout that's just for Patreon members. Uh, and this it's this week, this month's June 22nd. So the day after this show posts, it is time for the month goes by so quickly. It is time for the discount hangout again. Discord the discount hangout. The discount, <laughs> the discount Discord hangout <laughs> off Highway 12 and exit 39. You can't miss it. Look for the giant moose. I don't know what I'm talking about. The Discord. Discord. That cord. It's the discount Discord hangout. These nuts. Sounds like a like a country bar. Something. It's kind of what it's like. <laughs> Sounds like a brothel in the middle of Nevada. <laughs> next the to discount a, hangout. Yes, next to the dollar store and the pawn shop is the discount <laughs> hangout. Uh, and there's a tier where you can uh, pick any movie you want for us to watch and review. Lots of fun stuff. Anyways, we appreciate all the continued support and new support. It all goes back in the show. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. This week's movie. It's finally here. It's here. It's a real movie. It exists. It is a real boy. It is. He's a real boy with the nose and everything. It is The Flash. Uh, and here are your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Holy shit. This movie is out after lots of things happening to it, around it, in it. Like a thousand directors. Uh, yeah, we, I have a whole timeline. We'll get into that later. But this is the 13th installment of this current DCEU universe that is about to end this year before james gunn reboots it 13th movie unlucky 13 it's the unlucky 13 of the dceu maybe they should just end it here we'll see on rotten tomatoes it's currently sitting at 66 percent. it went down hmm. from the last week when we checked 6.3 out of 10 85 audience rating this movie the budget on wikipedia says about 200 to 220 million but I've heard with the amount of reshoots and things this movie has gone through, the marketing could be like $330 million. Anyways, a lot of money. $220 million. Opening weekend, it has made domestically $55 million. Lame. Wow. Wow. Loppy $55 million. Currently, it's sitting at a worldwide total of $139 million. Uh, worldwide after three days. So three day, not, not great here to compare it. Uh, you know what else? It's weird. Uh, elemental Pixar movie also bombed this week. And that's like a bunch of bombs in the row for them. And, uh, transformers rise of the beast actually opened better than this. Here's other opening weekends from the past few DC movies. Shazam two opened to 30 million black Adam, 67 million. The flash opens underneath black Adams opening weekend. The Batman, the Elseworlds, 134 million, and then goes back down. The Suicide Squad, it was COVID, whatever. James Gunn, 26 million, came out on HBO Max at the same time. That had that excuse. But man, these uh, these opening weekends go up and down, and this one is uh, not on the top there. Uh, this movie, this version of this movie that finally gets made, is directed by Andy Muschietti with a screenplay by Christina Hudson. Starring, of course, Ezra Miller as the Barrys, Barry Allen, the Flash. Ezra Miller cast in this role in 2014, nine years ago. A whole fucking Flash TV show came and went between the time he was cast and the time this movie came out. Let's just put that into perspective. 
Uh, you got Ben Affleck as Batman Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton as Batman Bruce Wayne, Sasha Colley playing Supergirl, Michael Shannon returning as General Zod, Kiersey Clemens as Iris West, Ron Livingston recast for as his dad, Henry Allen, Billy Crudup previously playing his dad. Now it is Ron Livingston, Maribel Verdu as Nora Allen. Uh, you got Tamara Morrison as Tom Curry, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and a bunch of other cameos. We will get through. When we get to them, because it's crazy, but that's your main cast. Uh, okay, so Anthony, obviously, and then mm-hmm. I mentioned I see that I I saw this movie twice. I saw a screening last week, then I saw the theatrical release. I will confirm the screening was exactly the same, same okay. movie. They didn't change anything. Uh, now we will get into the history, the journey of this movie, but what happens in the Flash, Anthony? Sure. Uh, when Barry Allen discovers that he can potentially go back in time and save his mom, he fucks around with time travel and changes the future and has to figure that out. That's what the plot is. Yeah. Not to mention, if you are, you know, if you read comics and watch all these things, this is for me, this is the fourth time I'm seeing this story originally in the comics, Flashpoint, fantastic. Then the animated adaptation, DC animation, actually also really, really good. Then they do it on the Flash TV show. Not a bad job. And now, again, this time, to a different degree of quality. Okay, so that's the quick plot. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. I know what you're going to say. This is going to be great. What did you think coming out of this movie? Oh, you listened to my instant reaction. I did listen to your instant reaction. This movie. So to just build the context and suspense, this is the movie. Uh, James Gunn, Tom Cruise, I think like Steven Spielberg, all said was the best comic book movie they'd ever seen. Uh, getting praise, showing it at CinemaCon with different endings, early screenings. The hype is building. Luckily, the writer's strike helps them a little bit in this case with promotion because Ezra Miller did attend the premiere and he 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 did speak. He wasn't allowed. Nobody asked they. him questions. They, sorry, they, I got to remember <laughs> to do that. Damn it, every time. They did get to make a statement saying how grateful they are to Warner Brothers, James Gunn, blah, blah, blah. Nobody got to ask them questions. Uh, so, Normally, you'd have Ezra Miller going on Saturday Night Live, all the late night talk shows, doing the rounds. Well, there's a writer's strike. None of that shit is happening. I think that helped them, uh, the studio, in the long run to try to promote a movie without their lead. The box office show that clearly it didn't really work. We'll get into theater experience. How was your theater, by the way, Anthony? I would say about 70, 80% full. Um Decent, uh, threw us on a Thursday night. At one point, someone fell asleep loud snoring. Oh, in the that's theater, hilarious. So that, was, that was an interesting experience. That's uh, amazing. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, my, uh, the theater, both of the times I saw them, it was pretty 75, 80% full. This original screening crowd, they were really into this movie, laughing, hooting, hollering. It was a bunch of nerds, of course. So, the, uh, not as big a reaction when I saw it with the general audience. Rugs. I saw it on a Sunday around five or six o'clock. I think there was like twenty people in the whole. Game. Holy shit! Wow. Oh shit! Nah, I'm being generous. All right. Well, that explains the fifty-five million opening weekend. All right, Anthony. Let's start with you. A lot riding on this movie. This reset the universe, save the whole thing. What did you think coming out of this movie? I'll preface by saying, and I mentioned this coming leading up to the movie. I was pretty excited for this one, given what people were saying as far as the big names hyping this up and Keaton being in this and potential for cameos. 
And I like the Flashpoint storyline. I'm not a big fan of Ezra Miller and the way they portray the flat Barry Allen, but I was I was pretty pretty excited to see this movie. And while there are some redeeming things, Michael Keaton is is nice to see. There's some fun bits of dialogue at times, some kind of cool things. Um, I haven't been this angry coming out of a superhero movie in a very long time. This movie is still trash. Ah! Like I said, it was on (laughs) Thursday night. Yes. It's trash. It's awful. This is an awful movie. I don't know what anyone was thinking when they said this was any good. It's not good. The CGI is horrific. (laughs) Horrific. Um, the choices they made with the CGI are awful. The way Ezra Miller plays Barry Allen, I'm just not a fan of. Um, the use of Michael Keaton, while fun, the fact that he's in the movie and he's freaking 71 years old and I'm supposed to believe that he can move around like Batman. He's Batman. And the fact that like you have Michael Keaton, who's um, freaking, whatchamacallit, uh, what's the guy director's name? Tim Burton. Tim Burton. That version of Tim, like, very distinct style. And now you have him in a movie where Batman's character is in the daylight, the entire movie. Yeah. Doesn't work. Mm. It's um, a good point. Flashpoint, great storyline. Terrible ch- choice for a first movie in a Flash um, uh, universe. And last but not least, this is the worst way you can fucking ever do uh, fan service. Oh, yeah, this is the third multiverse movie. It is the worst of the three that have yeah. come out in the last two three years by far. And the fan service is so bad with the choices they make of CGIing them and who they decide to. Like, it's just this this movie's trash. It is complete trash. I can't believe anyone would say that this is a fucking good movie. Wow, I'm surprised that the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, especially amongst the fans and Letterbox. I watched the movie and I was like, wow. By the end, I was like, that was okay. And then I, I thought about it more. I'm like, that was awful. What is what it? On, was what that? is it on Letterboxd right now? Do you know? I think it was like 3.3 out of, okay. wow. out of 5. Wow. So it's like wow. pretty solid. It's actually the fourth multiverse movie if you count Doctor Strange, Multiverse oh, Madness, yeah. Spider-Verse, No Way Home. They're all better. It's unfortunate this movie has come out after all those movies. 3.1 it went down. Okay, that's a good take. We're going to get back to all those things. Trash. We're going to unpack all those things. Throw that shit in the garbage, <laughs> trash. Rugs. Rugs, how'd you walk I away? I felt that strongly in a long time, well, already. Well, trash. So, did Go this ahead. get you more angry than Batman versus Superman? This almost. One? Almost, oh, almost, almost the same. That's, almost. that's, wow. yeah. that's up trash. there. That's up there. All right, trash. We got one trash. <laughs> Rugs, what's your take? <sighs> it's tough to say because although Anthony's right about everything he's saying. He is. I do think that the film as a concept, the, the the source material that it's based on is strong enough that it has a narrative, but they basically like shit all over that narrative. So the idea that, okay, Barry Allen is a superhero that can run fast enough to like manipulate time yeah. and his impetus to go back in time and change something is something that's so tied to him emotionally, his mother dying. Yep, yep. That all is great motivation for a character. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. And even the fact that he goes back, fucks up, and uh, gets Batman, and Batman explains to him that like, when you fuck with time, it doesn't. it's not linear like you think it is, yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff. Th- that 
story is way better than No Way Home. Like, Peter right. Parker, his friends can't get into college, so right. he goes to Doctor Strange and then interrupts him while he's doing the spell sure. to help him out. This is a better like, better reason. Setup is better. Yeah, yeah. To so fuck like, up time. Yeah. At its core, the right the kernel of the plot yes. is so sound, right? Um, the fact that they create this new reality, then that opens up like anything can happen, and the fact that okay, it's not Kalel, it's Kara, and locked up in a thing, blah, blah, blah. That all is all sound. It's just the execution is so bad, and some of the choices that they made are so bad. Like the whole baby thing with the microwave. Okay, we will get into that. That scene is terrible. (laughs) Really? and Awful. It's awful. It's awful. Trash. Like there is so much bad decision-making in this. There are a few like genius moments. Like there's that scene where Barry is with his mom in the supermarket and that's just really well done yeah. and really well acted but that doesn't mean that Ezra Miller should play the fat flash yeah that yeah. means that Ezra Miller can act when called upon to act but he's not or they are not right for this character at all yep. ever so um I, I, it's not it's not like a knock on their acting ability it's just they're just miscast horribly yep. Um, and what happens is when you cast someone so horribly, you try and write around them to their strengths, and then you get this ridiculous character that is Barry Allen, that is not like the Barry Allen that we know in the comic books. And so I think they had a lot going. Like, I, if you're a person that likes the plot and the plot hooks you in, yeah, I can see you maybe like liking this movie a little bit more than another person, but. The the terrible use of CG, the terrible choices that they made. Uh, sometimes things are inconsistent. The only thing that saves the movie is the plot and the fact that Michael Keaton is still badass as Batman. Yeah. And the nostalgia that comes with that. Uh, Sasha Kaye is very hot. Yeah, and, she looks great. And it looks badass. And the costume looks great. And that's about it. <laughs> I mean, they didn't give her a lot of things. They should just... Standing around and screaming she, at people. She's fine. Her character's she's fine. fine. I, I like. I like that. Rugs is absolutely right. The whole the prem the plot is actually sound, but everything else around it is trash. Flashpoint is a great. <laughs> there, Flashpoint. You have a, a slam dunk right there. Yeah. Right. You have like a literal slam dunk. No one's in your way. You're you're there, and then they just trip over themselves so much. It, with bad decision making. So yeah, let's and, uh, let's yeah. let's <laughs> go through. No, let's go through some. Run. Do you have more thoughts or do you uh, have questions? Because I have so many things. I want to hear all those thoughts, but let me just say, after seeing it a second time, I kind of feel mostly the same way. At best, this movie is a mixed fucking bag of things. Like I, w- I did think the comedy worked a lot. I thought it was funny. Uh, it was entertaining. The first and second acts of the movie are great. Because the Back to the Future nods are great. I actually, the this version that they are playing, Ezra Miller, of Barry kind of grew on me. You know, Barry's still a guy who's late for things, but he's just a little more neurotic. It's definitely. He, is he believable at that, as that character? I mean, he, it's definitely. Like, do you think for one second that him and that girl are going to get together? No, those two have absolutely no chemistry at all. No. That did, yeah, I didn't and, buy any And the way they play that character as this neurotic yeah, person, yeah. they don't have, well. Barry, he, Barry in the film, yeah, 
doesn't have any realistic conversations with hardly any people because of the way he's uh, acting. Uh, no, uh, his uh, his dialogue. That's a good point, I guess. Yeah, isn't that's not real. No one's acting that way. And then, <laughs> no like as that. you mentioned, Rugs, Iris at the end yeah. is so compelled by this guy that she she asks him out on a date. Yeah, Get the, the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, no, they have they have no chemistry. But it, I thought just not a real. That's not a real. I don't understand that choice. That's not. That's not Barry Allen. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's like a weird Wally West Barry Allen thing that they got going on. But that yet, yeah, I mean, that doesn't work for me either. I mean, the, the parts with him and his mom, I thought did work. That was that the heart was there. There is some emotion. But the CGI, I do agree. Like, I actually when he's running in the Speed Force, the shit looks kind of cool. But this whole Chrono Bowl thing is fucking horrible. I'm not I'm not a fan of the ice skating. Well, his running is still also very weird, but they do make a joke about it in the middle of the movie, which I thought that was kind of funny, but I don't know why he runs like that with its flicking his arms. Um I, you know, the back to the future reference maybe a little bit heavy-handed, but I appreciated that. Uh but and then but the thing is this third act is a fucking mess and at the end you're like wait what just happened? What did Zod die? Did that get resolved? What the fuck? No, he didn't die. No, he died. Like I don't even know. I couldn't remember. They shove all. They these just couldn't things figure out how to kill him. Yeah, they could. It was a. It was a. I don't know what they were calling in the movie. Uh, it, oh, I know what it's a. I think he had to go Nexus back. Nexus event. Like he had to go. He had to go kill his mom so that it didn't happen. That's the only only way that it, right. that doesn't happen is if he lets his mom so, die. So they call right. They call those inevitable intersections, which is their version of like canon uh-huh. canon events or nexus events. But he had to go back and redo it, so none of that happened. But I did enjoy, like you said, Rugs, when he's explaining the their version of time travel with the noodles with the dry spaghetti. It's a straight dig on like Marvel's. There's like, a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of spaghetti jokes, a lot of sauce. There's a lot involved. of sauce going around. On Why space. is Barry Allen's mom was clearly uh, not Italian? Uh, <laughs> They all into sauce. She needs tomatoes. She needs a can of. I liked how they, you know, they dealt with his hunger and his voracious appetite. Like those, yeah, there was, was fine. There were some nice little touches to details. Some of the jokes are funny. Maybe they were carried on a little too far. Well, but I mean, I, I don't know. Even in your initial review, Imran, how you just kind of glossed over this, and you mentioned it, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to spoil. But it's, I mean, it's truly atrocious CGI. I, I don't understand that um, there's. This is a big budget movie. And yeah. Marvel's gotten shit for some of their CGI, but this has bad CGI. This isn't just moments. Yeah. This is bad CGI throughout the entire fucking film. In a, in a big mechanic of the movie, right? This chrono yeah, and, hole and the, is a let, big let, part let's of Let's talk about the way they do this chrono hole, speed force, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. I listened to Ruggs' thing, and he's absolutely right, so you should listen to that. But that's a horrible choice. Like, <laughs> why would you CGI all these real things that are happening and yeah. it not be even close to looking realistic. And you have the yeah, people well, there. What too. I said in my review, if all the non Patreon people uh, is that, okay, so you're going to do the speed force thing. And, and uh, Muschietti in the interview said, well, it's not meant to be realistic. It's meant to be like his interpretation of what's going on. Yeah. So there's like a different kind of realism, but like when you do it, that why would you choose the uncanny Valley to do it? Mm-hmm. Like, there are ways to avoid the uncanny valley. Like you could have made them into phantoms or smoke or translucent or metallic. Like they did it in Guardians of the Galaxy when they were doing uh, the uh, the history of ego. Oh right, they yeah, were yeah, they yeah, used yeah, metallic yeah. things yeah. that were like like you don't have to have realism 
But you, when you get so close to realism, but you're not quite there, then it just looks like Uncanny Valley and disgusting. Yep. And uh, it, it's not pleasing for anyone to see that. It's jarring. It takes you out of it. They use, you know, there's people who are alive that they didn't shoot the cameo. And instead of using footage of people who have died, they recreated them, I guess, or something. Badly. And it oh, all badly. looks really creepy. It looks like a video game cutscene. Yeah. From like badly. 2006. Yeah. But it, 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 it's, it's insulting because you're bringing back. Yeah. When they do that third act where they bring, where they show you the multiverses yeah and you do see the different batmans and supermans and you cgi them and you cgi adam west and you cgi uh christopher reeve yeah. and you cgi nicholas cage like that's a horrible choice <laughs> that, that, that doesn't that that doesn't honor those characters that screams the cheapest amount of fan service possible yeah yeah it get, no it gets worse there was supposed to be more like linda carter and a couple other and and Cesar Romero they were going to bring back from the dead. Here is good idea, terrible, horrific execution. Well, and it even gets stranger, right? So the first thing I'm just going to jump to those multiverse cameos. They show you Jay Garrick Flash, like old timey black and white Flash. Uh, it looks like Teddy Sears, the actor who played Jay Garrick Flash on the Flash show. Turns out they it was not hit. They didn't ask him. He's like, I don't know if they they didn't ask me. They just put him in there. They never got his permission. The George Reeve, 50 Superman. There's a whole you can. I was reading all these Twitter threads. And if you know about this guy, this role of Superman fucked with his head so much that he like committed suicide. He killed himself because he couldn't get past. He couldn't get any other acting. Uh, and part of it was because of uh, being cast as Superman. Apparently, the day this movie came out, July 16th, is the, the death anniversary of when George Reeves killed himself. As crazy as that is, the thing I can't even believe even more is it's a fucking Flash movie, and you have barely yes. any Flash cameos from all the other Flash. No right. John Wesley ship. Yep. No, 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 no Grant Gustin. You could have had John Wesley. And that's what that was weird. I was like, why are you showing me Christopher Reeve? You, Helen Slater from Supergirl. We just did that. What the fuck happened? Well, I was like, to, holy shit. To, to me, yeah, you have all those. And I thought it was just super. On, frankly, I thought it was a fucking horrible choice. People laughed in my theater yeah. to have to to do the cameo of Nicolas Cage as Superman. So I know that's like a, it's a, a super fun it's a deep inside inside joke. thing, it's a deep inside joke. Yeah. But that's a real deep inside joke. Did what did of people a movie think? that never happened? And most people on the surface are going to look at that and go, "Are you joking?" They, like it's not even done Cage. well. If it was done well, then it might be a like. If you don't no, know that terrible. at one point Tim Burton was going to make a Superman movie with Nick Cage in a weird suit that lights up, and it was going to have him fight a giant spider because John Peters was in a lot of blow and wanted to have something a giant spider in the Superman movie. Like I don't know what how that comes across. These are some deep fan servicey. Easter eggs that I'm like that's crazy, but even if the whole movie is, is is focused around what happens in Man of Steel, if you walk into this movie not having seen Man of Steel, like none of that Zod shit means anything to anybody. Then, so well, you're probably have seen Man of Steel to be honest. If you're okay. walking in this movie, okay, hopefully that movie to build to that, yeah. it, it just there was not a ton of momentum towards building to that, that was kind of a weird of man of steel. Yeah. And Barry was, but, I mean, there. the fan service stuff just real quick before you yeah. wrap on that. Yeah. I want to emphasize is horrible, 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 horrible execution. It's lazy. It's lazy. And Heather execution is horrible. I, t- so. look, I smiled when I saw Christopher Reeve. 
I like genuinely. Did I was you, like, yeah, oh my god! But then, did you Reed. smile when you realized he they had CGI created? No. Then it why was can't like, you well, just yeah. use the footage yes. from the fucking movie? Yeah, I don't know. They could, and yeah, I smiled at Nicolas Cage because it was so ridiculous. Too. Yes, I yeah. was like, oh my god, they're fucking doing this. Like, yeah, that. So, but yeah, that whole sequence. There, there's real footage of these characters. That they could use. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to the beginning. I want to talk about the opening baby saving scene because. It's fucking cartoony and goofy, but it's. I thought it was kind of fun to watch. I thought it was funny. No, I no. disagree. Really? No. You, CGI babies. They're all, you can tell yeah. they're fucking CGI oh, yeah. babies. No, you can tell all of it. The therapy dog, everybody CGI. The CGI babies look creepy, but the whole idea, like the whole. The microwave baby. Okay, that was great. But the gag of that he's going, he goes to the vending machine first, goes past the baby because he needs to eat, and then he saves the ball, and he puts one in the microwave, and then when it lands, it goes ding. I was like, oh, baby's done. I, I uh, I, I like the idea. I can't get off the fact that the CGI babies look terrible. The CGI babies problem. look bad, but the whole, I thought it was a fun sequence. They tried to do what they did with Quicksilver and X-Men. That scene is way better, obviously. Why would right. they even try doing it? I don't if know. They're not going to do it better. Right. Yeah. Like they yep. didn't. They clearly didn't do it better. But it's dark, nope. though, too. Like, I don't know who came up with this. I was like, holy shit, they're just going to have all the babies fall out the fucking windows and the old babies go flying. And Alfred's like, baby. And I was like, oh, boy. So, I don't know. It's silly and goofy, but visually, some of it was good, but it is very CGI heavy. Okay. Well, that. what did we think about- It's not even- I mean, the CGI is just bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, we've seen plenty of movies with CGI, but th- I mean, even him, Ruggs mentioned running, but there's scenes where there where you can clearly tell it's, it's face superimposed. There's a rubbery um, yeah. feel to a lot of the characters. Yeah. Chris Stuckman pointed this out. Rugboy pointed this out. You can fucking tell when there's two berries on screen who's one CGI and who isn't. See, I didn't. I, I did, that didn't bother me. I didn't really. It oh. seemed pretty seamless. Oh my god, I'm running. No, it, it was so serious. bad. It was, it was, it was really bad. Like you had Uncanny Valley everywhere. Horrible. Horrible. Like, when them two are on screen and their faces are in the same spot, it's there are times awful. when I'm thinking they must have did ADR and had to change like the, the whole entire. Like they just CG'd the face to match the ADR. Yep. Whoa. Yep. Or something because, like, when they're, I think that one of the places where it's really bad is when they're in the in the Batwing mm-hmm. and they're talking to each other, yeah. and they're in the, and I'm like, whoa, that's terrible. <laughs> and like, this is not just one time; this is like every other scene, every time, every time, I mean, anytime oh, them two are on the screen where you yeah. have them both in the shot. Yeah, there's a lot of them one, you can tell. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked how the Stoner Barry is. First of all, it's hilarious that everyone is an idiot in that fucking new universe. Stoner Barry kind of makes him realize what a fucking mess he is and how much he is to put up with and kind of helps him kind of like about, you know, in Back to the Future with the whole thing of them interacting is crazy. Um, did you get all the Back to the Future references, Anthony? Yeah, I've seen Back to the Future. No, did you get the Eric Stoltz joke, though? What, that he's not really in the movie? Well, but here's the thing. They So I love how in that new future, Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox is in Footloose and Kevin Bacon is in Top Gun, which makes me think that Tom Cruise, does Tom Cruise not exist in that reality? But Eric Stoltz originally was cast as Marty, filmed a lot of the movie. Mm. And, weeks worth, and yeah. they did not think he was playing it wrong. He was playing it too serious. They didn't like him. They had to fire yeah, him. Gotcha. So there is like a whole bunch of scenes of Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. There's actually... Parts of the actual movie where it is. Oh, the back of him. Yeah. They just didn't didn't bother reshooting it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny in this universe. Stoltz gets, keeps the job and everybody's career is different. What did you think about the guy's tattoo? 
Did that turn you on, Imran? Oh, of uh, Eric Stoltz says Marty McFly on his tattoo with his leg up. <laughs> it's upside down. Those guys are funny. All right, going back to the beginning, what do we think of Batfleck and the whole Batman chase scene and Diana shows up? I thought that was pretty good. It was fun. I didn't like the costume, but yeah. The costume's uh, a little weird. I don't know why he's wearing like some kind of a weird chest piece. Yeah, with like holes in it. It was fine. I mean, the Wonder Woman cameo was fine. There's a scene, though, where Batman like gets flies through the air real quick as Ben Affleck. Yeah. It's horribly CGI. I mean, it's just looks like rubber. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I just cannot get off of the fact that the CGI is this bad. Just don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. You know, that may be the last time we see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Also, she did. She's been doing cameos in the last few movies. Um, Okay. Well, you know, they also tried to play this off as a flash origin movie and do flashpoint right away, which probably was not. No, the best idea. It's, it's not a, not a great idea because the Flashpoint storyline is built on years of yes comics and things that you've come to know about all these characters, and now it's just not an origin movie. And then um, half the movie because of the marketing, you're not even give you don't give a fuck about the Flash because the marketing is really revolved around this is a Michael Keaton. You're just return. waiting for Keaton. Yeah, right. Just waiting for Keaton to show up. Also, how it was. So, I mean, should we talk about my Keaton? Yes. That's probably a big part of the movie. Yes. Yes. The two berries need help. There's no metahumans. The only thing that I disagree with you with is that I actually thought Michael Keaton was great. I like my, it, I love Keaton. And no, I, liked him. I think that he saved the movie for being a lot of aspects. I liked him. I just don't think it's believable. No, it's not. But uh, when a movie's this bad, Anthony, <laughs> you gotta hold on to something. <laughs> I, I did. I liked his explanation of the um the multiverse yeah, or whatever yeah, the spaghetti metaphor. I, I don't know that the michael keaton we got in a tim burton's batman universe He's the same guy w- would have been an expert of this also are they implying that he is the tim burton batman or is this just a version of batman huh? that looks like michael keaton what no, this is that Tim Burton universe. It's the same Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Manor. The Batcave is similar. Well, the Batcave is kind of a mush of things. Well, hmm, listen, I it's in Tim Burton's world, it's at nighttime all the time. Yeah, you never see him in it's the nighttime daytime. all the time. Yeah. And there's Gotham does not look anything yep. like any buildings in the in in the rest of the but Flash. They movie. had the Easter egg of the Joker laughing bag that's at the end okay. of Batman '89 was in there. This, it's the same Batmobile, the Batwing, the the uh, waterfall is from like a separate. The house movie. is different. The house looks gothic. The Batcave computer layout is similar, but the Batcave mm. is different. So I don't know. But every time they played the Danny Elfman music, I was like, Geek Boner, fuck yeah, play that, keep playing that. Uh, yeah, but they played it like seventy five times. They did play it a lot, <laughs> and he says all <laughs> his lines. He says, oh, "Let's get nuts, I'll Batman." <laughs> and then, but they also they just have him fighting like just nameless thugs. Also, which I thought it was kind of. I mean, the fighting was fine. It just when that may, when when I see his hand and his hand looks like he's seventy one years old. <laughs> and he gets in the suit though, and he gets in the suit and he's suddenly moving like that. I'm just going. I love him with long hair on, and the beard. On, I, I love that there. they did the callback to the how much do you weigh line from Batman 89 too when he blasts that elevator yeah, up. That's great. 108. <laughs> you weigh a little more than 108 uh, with Vicky Vale. That's great. So I loved all the uh, the Easter eggs. Um, the <laughs> Barry repurposing the, the Batman suit. 
that's a hilarious sequence where you see him it's dramatic you spray painting and then it just cuts to him sawing the ears off you hear the noise and then when he turns and looks at the other bear it's all scrunched you can't turn you can't turn your head in that suit there's no (laughs) there's no movability so that shit was hilarious but anyways they got a battle zod and so the addition of supergirl again this is like in flashpoint in the comics except it was kal-el that was locked away and skinny and kept away from the sun in this one, Zod has already killed baby Kal-El, and she's been locked away, and then she was bad. It was a badass. Why does, she, why does she have the Kodak? That, that never explained I, that. Instead of it being in, in Clark, it was in her. It's just different. I don't know. Different universe. Different decisions. They don't explain that. Mm. Uh, but she she's uh, suitably badass, and I love her regenerating. But then the fight oh, happens good. very quickly. She helps Barry get electrocuted. There's some weird jumps and like, right? She she flies away and then she goes and she sees Zod from a distance. Yeah. Right. That's really weirdly cut. Okay. Then they just cut. They don't do anything. They cut away from that. They go back to Barry. Bruce helping Barry electrocute himself several times. And then she just shows up there and she's like, oh, you need my help and flies him up and gets him electrocuted. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. She. It, that's that was, so weirdly that was cut weird. because she, she sees Zod. Yeah. Zod clearly sees her. Yeah. We get to the Barry trying to get his powers back and. She just ends up there. Like, how yeah, does she know where the Bat Cave is? And, yeah, how does she know and she then, was needed? Yeah, and how does she know she was needed? And then how does she know what's even going on there? I don't and then know. She sees him electrocuting himself, and she goes, okay, that's the right time. Now I'm going <laughs> to help him. He He's inspired me where the to help him. Where the fuck did you come from? It well, was my, so weirdly cut. My, um, my takeaway from that was when they rescued her, Barry was holding her and says, I've got you. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanted to return the favor, I guess. Well, that, that, that's that's a good explanation, but why the fuck does Zod not fucking chase after right. her as when he, he sees this is her? This who you were cha- looking for. <laughs> that's the whole who you're looking for. That's the Kryptonian. This is right. Zod, yeah, the Zod story just doesn't make any sense. Fucking, he parks his fucking spaceship in the middle of the desert and sees her and goes, "I'm staying right here. If I'm waiting for her to come back." Like if he already killed, uh, you know, Kal El, then yeah, he'd totally be looking for her. Clearly, well, he yeah. Says that's he says it. He yeah. goes, uh, "You have a, you're hiding a Kryptonian." Yeah, that's the same and the same message that was in Man of Steel. And he was looking for her. Yeah, and he sees her. And he's right and he there. Parks his ass there and waits for her to come back with backup. Did she just leave? Yes. Let me get my friends. <laughs> now, who's um, who's the hotter Supergirl? Sasha Kaye, Helen Slater, or Melissa Benoist? Ooh, yeah. Oh question. man, those are all three very good Supergirls. Actually, I really liked. I really liked the way Sasha Kelly looked in this. It's a, you know, it's a different. It's like that Lara Kent version or whatever. You know, different than the blonde. But uh, Melissa Benoist, I I watched that show just for her. I think that you you can't you can't roll a bad one on that. No, all, no, yeah, Helen Slater. There's not a bad choice. Very cute. Yeah. She was very cute in that movie. Surprise! Is that the one they're portraying in the in the fan service? Yeah, the 1984. We just did. You weren't there. We did the what the fuck happened with Supergirl, which made almost uh, Delhauer almost went crazy. He lost his sanity doing this. (laughs) He's he said that movie. He has not been so tortured as he has since Fan Fantastic to doing what the fuck happened. So that movie is a pretty bad movie. Yeah, yeah. almost broke him. It was great. She's really hot too, though. Yeah, yeah, she is. Helen Slater back then. She was like 19 in that movie. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. So, wow. anyways, we get to the point where Barry realizes, like, Michael Keaton, Batman, Sasha Kelly, they die. They're always supposed to die. They go in the Chrono right. Bowl. They keep trying to do it. At this point, Barry, uh, Stoner Barry doesn't want to stop. He keeps coming back, and he's got pieces of metal in his arm. And I'll tell you, the minute in the beginning of the movie where he goes in the bowl, and the one other speedster comes out and knocks him out 
in 2013, you know it's fucking Barry. If you've seen any TV yeah. episode of The Flash or read a Flash comic book, it's always you know. another it's Barry. Always it's another always another Barry. Barry. That's his own, that's what it always is. So it was a little predictable. I'm like, oh, that's fucking Barry. He that's who's doing this, and it is him. So there's three Barrys, but they kill that Barry by him undoing everything. And we come back. Uh, well, and he pushes them out because he that Barry needs the Barry we've grown to like in this universe to create him. Right. He that starts the chain of reactions yeah, to create yeah. the Dark Flash, who's still trying to. And he, and he's fix and things. this Barry is the one he creates, and this Barry is so obsessed with trying to change time that he's destroying everything. And you see how like the pieces of metal start. Uh, collecting on him. I tell you, it legitimately... I mean, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Again, the, like Ruggs said, the plot written out, the plot, for the most part, might not be executed the best, but is a, is a very solid plot. There are things in this movie that you can grasp onto and find uh, in a, into a positive light, but it's just surrounded by so much ineptness that it kind of... <laughs> It throws you like I, I don't blame you for coming out of the movie being angry and thinking it was a complete piece but, of shit. But however, I, I don't blame you. I mentioned we watched this movie with a 13 year old kid who was super geeked. And I was like, if you're if I was this 13 year old kid, I'd be of course completely like into this. And it would say there's nothing wrong with this fucking movie. It does have entertaining parts. Well, I mean, Imran. But what, are it's you funny. really saying? No, well, I'm just saying it's hey, funny if you came in up. with a 13 year old mindset, yeah, it's actually a good movie. Yeah, and that yeah. justifies yeah. all the shit. Yeah. No. Well, look, th- th- let's let's put it on the table of why it's bad. So, number one, it's a huge tentpole film made by a gigantic studio with two hundred plus million dollars thrown yep. at it. Yep. Um, it had multiple directors attached to it, and they all left. And uh, you have a new head of DC coming in and making changes last minute. And uh, I feel like. It shows. It shows why. That's why it's bad. I think at the end of the day, no one really had any kind of real confidence in this film. And if you look at just the bare bones of the plot, it was there the whole time. You just needed to execute. And I mean, I think clearly the audience is burned. Uh, They've been burned by DC movies. They've not had a string of good movies. And I do, you know. Do you just kill what the rest of the movie's coming out and let it rest for a year? I, I think what they're doing right now, and I agree with everything Rug said, what, why this is a horrific movie, in, in my opinion, with the amount of money spent in this time period for it to look that bad. But I think they're doing what what is happening right now with DC. I, I don't even know if James Gunn releases great movies it's, i don't know if like gonna they're doing really really bad damage yeah. to the brand yeah. right now yeah. because it is clear by the box office receipts that dc movies and just in general superhero movies yeah. are not doing good right yeah. now compared to what they've been and this is now a string of shazam yeah. and this black adam, and black adam yeah. that have been botched fucking movies that are horrible and the next movie coming out is fucking Blue Beetle. Yes. That looks like shit. Yeah. So they're doing really bad damage. And then like, Aquaman. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is they might be damaging the DC brand so much that there might not be much to come back to after this. I think when you have uh, the highest grossing DC movie post Snyder being $400 million, and that's what? Uh, Wonder Woman. No, no, no. 
That's Black Adam. I'm talking about all. Oh, yeah. So the Snyderverse uh, is over, right? It yep. ended with uh, with Justice League and uh, you know Aquaman and all those. But in this current iteration, uh, nothing's broken the 400 million dollar mark, right? Well, but does this movie close out the Snyderverse? Let's just talk about the ending real quick, right? So Flash defeats Dark Flash, undoes what he did with his mom comes back and now uh bruce wayne rolls up and it's fucking george clooney and i love his line where he's like who the fuck are you uh that was a james gunn that was supposed to be um not george this ending changed three times back with the original with uh walter hamada rain with each regime change they changed the ending walter hamada when he was there the ending was going to be keaton's batman sasha kelly's supergirl now exists in this universe with them the Discovery merger happens. Uh, pa- uh, Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi, they want to bring Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot back, and they add them in the end credit scene, the end, that end scene. And then James Gunn takes over DC Studios, and he's like, you know what? Let's just fucking burn another Batman, make it a joke. He puts George Clooney. But what universe is this? Are we left in? Is George Clooney now Batman? Andy Muschietti is directing Batman Brave and the Bold, which is going to be yet another Batman what universe is that in? And then, and then there's a post-credit scene with a fucking drunk Aquaman and Barry, and it's completely pointless. And I don't understand Steven. why Steven. that was even there to set up his second movie. So I don't know where this leaves this universe. Do they just take Blue Beetle and Aquaman and put it to streaming and call no, and, and, do that. And, and and cut their losses? Because you're right, like. Each one of these bombs it builds on the last bomb. It build, it's building. I mean, you look at the last. Since COVID, since 2020, the yeah, last yeah. few movies. Since Birds done, of Prey. Yeah. Birds of Prey, yeah. yeah. Just reading this out. Birds of Prey, eh, movie. Eight, Wonder Woman 84. Horrible movie. Bad movie. The Suicide Squad, good movie. Very good movie. Great no movie. one watched no, it. Yes. Black Adam killed the, the Rock's ambitions. Yeah. Shazam Fear of the Gods, horrible. Yeah. Horrible box office. Yeah. Not a good movie. Yeah. The Flash, terrible box office <laughs> opening. Um, in my opinion, a horrific movie. This this is like, if I was a big DC fan, which in some sense I am, yeah, I'd have real concerns. This is embarrassing. This is a problem. This. You know what did perform well? Interesting enough, the the Elseworld stuff, Joker, the Batman, right. those things did rise above. Well, ba- Batman's kind of almost untouchable yeah. at this point. Yeah. Like they can do That's whatever they want with Batman. It's kind of its own thing. I think most people don't even really associate Batman with yeah. all this shit. Yeah. Even but, though Batman's in this movie, but yes, <laughs> he's in the fucking movie. But yeah, but Twice. once you associate him with this Drek, you can see the the it bears no it make it doesn't do anything for the box office. So did this come off as the reset James Gunn was hoping it would be? No, I it don't did know. Not. So it, no. it doesn't really reset. And, anything. and you know they what? failed to do that. That's one of the most important things they could have done. Yeah, it makes Absolutely. it more confusing. And you know what? I really fucking question James Gunn's thought process on hyping this up as one of the best movies he's ever seen. Dude, apparently, I saw this article. Warner Brothers China accused of paying for positive reviews and reactions. And I think they spent a lot of money so they could get Tom Cruise and James Gunn and Spielberg, everybody to say this is the best comic book movie ever. Like that was part of their marketing so and and what do you do moving forward? Like the hype was too big; uh, it's never going to live the, up to Because I've seen articles that Muschietti loved Ezra Miller. I've seen you know James Gunn said coming into this this was good. Yeah, 
there wasn't really a definitive answer on what characters are coming into James Gunn universe. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you bring Ezra Miller as that's this version of the flash? I mean, the way this ends is he's changed it a little bit. Yeah. So are we saying that the flash is now coming over? Like what, what the fuck do you do after all this shit? This is awful. <laughs> do you, I mean, Ezra, you know, I, and I'll go through this timeline real quick, but for the past like 11 months. We know months, James Gunn's wife is coming over. Jay, though, oh, she's sure. going to be in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Ezra Miller hasn't really yeah. had any incidents in the last 11 months, but I don't know if that helped or did anything. I don't think anybody knows, but he said Blue Beetle is going to be part moving forward. I, uh, that looks awful. Andy Machete's like, if we do a sequel, they've written a sequel. I want to use Ezra but I don't know if you use him. I don't know what they do. This is It's a very confusing place to end this. And you still have two movies still coming out. Where does all that fit in? I think people are going right. to be burned out. Does it? I always ask myself the same question. Like every single time where you review a bad movie, I'm like, how do they not know at the studio that this is bad? That this doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Like, how do they not know? How could like, you look? At, do, I mean, they looked at that CGI and they were like, "This is fine," yeah. even though it's clearly it is intentional because it's like that in from the beginning and every scene right. of the Chrono Bowl, it looks weird. And Andy, yeah, Machete's like, "I meant to do that." He pulls a Pee Wee Herman, going, "I meant to do that," uh, but it just it's yeah, it's not it's jarring. It doesn't work. I mean, I can understand once you've gone so far, you spent all the money, you've done all the reshoots that you can, but like. Why are those reshoots important and not the reshoots that would get you to the actual, hey, you need to close out this. Un-. Like James Gunn comes in and goes, hey, I'm starting a new universe. You know what you should really do with this movie is like reset the universe. Yeah. It, you know, and just it may have been leave- too late. It may have been too late to make those big changes. Right. Well, look, before we rate it, let me go through the quick timeline of the journey of this fucking movie. Also, I've got to mention they do the thing that they do in Spider-Man 2, Superman 2 where Barry loses his powers. Like, they throw all that shit in here. Uh, and uh, it, it works. It doesn't work. Here is the journey. He, he loses his powers in his first solo movie. Right. And his fr- that also has his origin movie, and then, like, the big <laughs> flashpoint that changes everything, and he loses his powers. Although Barry's first run with that chain of events that leaves him naked was both ridiculous and kind of funny. I'll give you the. I'll give it this. I did laugh when he's just running in circles in the theater, like yes, jackass. Yes, that's not when he like tries to walk through the wall, and just fucking gets yeah. slammed, and then you see him running, and you're like, yeah, why do you run yeah, like? And that? I was going, why are you running? Why, like, why are you, you running, running like, that? like that? Okay, so they've been trying to make this Flash movie since the '80s. People, Jeff Loeb was hired in the '80s to write a screenplay. Fast forward to 2004, David Goyer hired to write and direct. After Batman, he does Batman Begins. He wanted to do Ryan Reynolds as Wally West. So at this point, this is a Wally West Flash movie. 2007, Goyer walks. Sean Livy is hired to direct. George Miller is doing Justice League Mortal at this point, and they're trying to make that happen to have spin it, spinoffs. By 2008, Sean Levy leaves. Donald Dopkin takes over to make it a spinoff of George Miller's Justice League Mortal movie that never gets made. They had a 2008 release date. This is still a movie about Wally West. 2010, Greg Berlanti, Michael Green, Mark Guggenheim hired to write a new treatment based on Jeff John's comics that feature Barry Allen. 2013, they have plans to release this release this movie in 2016. 2014, Ezra Miller is cast, and they plan to release this movie in 2018. The Flash TV show also starts. It's 2014. In the meantime, Flash appears in multiple DCEU movies and the Flash TV show. 
was a brief cameo. By 2015, you got Lord and Miller writing a treatment, Seth Graham Greene Smith to direct. The next year, 2016, Smith leaves, Rick Famuyiwa hired to direct. 2017, Famuyiwa leaves, creative differences. They put the project on hold, and this is the year at San Diego Comic-Con they announced the movie is going to be called Flashpoint. The next year, 2018, John Francis Daly, Jonathan Goldstein hired to direct. 2019, remember we talked about this story, Ezra Miller writing a script with Grant Morrison. By 2020, uh, all those scripts are not being made. Andy Muschietti is hired to direct with a script from Christina Hudson in July 2022. And then in 2022 is all the Ezra Miller stuff happens. And that brings us to today. So, uh, like, this is a decades-long fucking, I can't believe, and for this movie to fall apart at the end the way it does after all this is stunning. And we should be worried about the future of DCEU because maybe James Gunn even can't save this. Okay. Final thoughts. Let's rate it. Rank it. This is going to be interesting. Anthony. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Let me look at my list here. I'm torn. (laughs) I had a score in my head, but it may have changed. But So for this movie, and again, I don't understand how this is getting like decent reviews um, from people. I I respect this movie for me is a three out of 10. Oh shit. Oh is one of the worst superhero movies you will ever see. Wow. Um, It's an all time bad superhero movie for me. I have it ranked out of the 13 DCEU movies. I have it ranked 12th. Oh shit. What's 13? Um, The suicide squad. Justice league. Oh, justice league. Oh, justice league. Justice League. I have it right below Batman v Superman. I almost like Batman v Superman more, just because while it's I don't like the way he did the movie, at least the CGI isn't fucking horrible. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean it's 2023, and you you have you have scenes in that Chronos or whatever that look like the Rock Scorpion King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then to top it off, you you do all that. You have these cameos where they're all you decide to CGI the cameos. And it's just, it's just like you're just whoring these actors out. Like that's not, there's nothing there. That's it's not even integrated into the plot of, like at least with No Way Home, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have roles to play. Yeah, important in the roles that thing. change the yeah. character. They're, it, they're it, not just hello. Yeah, remember this phase. Yeah, and you CGI it. It's just horrible, horrible decision making. Ezra Miller. Not not my favorite portrayal, Barry Allen, and uh, I don't like the Flashpoint as a. You you've seen Flashpoint portrayed on all sorts of media. Yeah, this is the worst version of that. Okay, yeah. So there you go. I I hate the fucking movie. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> also, wait, who murdered Nora Allen? Like, are we ever gonna find out? Is that even like that's an important thing? Who fucking that's killed a big her? Thing. Yeah, it's Eubord Thawne. Yeah, that's the uh, reverse Flash, and they don't even fucking show you, and they just skip over that. It was reach around flash. It was reach around flash. Did the reach around <laughs> a little too hard. It this movie also kind of reminds me of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness a little bit in the sense that they kind of squandered like it wasn't could have been more mad could have been more multiverse. You just did one other multiverse. And the cameos are kind of just there. Yes, but, and the cameos are there, and everybody's killed. You know what? Killed. At least the cameos in that movie Better. aren't CGI, right? They're uh, yeah, and they're real fan service they're real, people. The real people they just killed them all. The real people that yeah. they actually put in there. Not just adding the shit at the end. Uh, boy, wow. Yeah. You think? You think? I mean, who? You know, this he probably doesn't care, but I mean, Christopher Reeves has got to be rolling over in his grave yeah. to be like, yeah. I appeared in the Flash movie. Yeah. 
they CGI'd me into this fucking flash. You had, movie. Not even good. Yeah. Yeah. You had hours but not of, well. It's, hours it's, of not, it's not it's not good, yeah. So yeah. there you go. He probably, That's what I think about. Probably that. what runs. <laughs> I'm gonna go to you. There's a guy. Yeah. Uh I would say at least ten years ago, maybe more, who uh did the Hulk versus Superman from his computer at home. Oh yeah. It looked and amazing. Christopher Reeves looked better than in this yeah. movie. Yeah, those are great. So videos. just l- look it up on YouTube yeah. and just just see how poor, piss poor the graphics in this movie are. But he meant to do that. It's to show Larry, <laughs> sure. Larry's distortion. Uh, as far as where I rank it above on on movies, I feel like I like aspects of this movie more than other things. Like, um, but um. It's just so poorly executed and so miscast and squandered this opportunity to kind of create a reset for this much needed reset for this mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to put it on the dead bottom, but it's in the, I would say in the bottom five for sure of all the movies. Okay. Uh, I would probably put it, uh, I don't know. I think this was just as bad as, as uh, Black Adam, I think this is just as bad as Wonder Woman eighty four mm. and the Harley Quinn movie. Um, yeah, I think all the other movies are way better than this. Uh, even the Justice League is is is, is like better than this slightly. Um, slightly, I think mm. that the Justice League has got I mean, a lot of bad CG in that too. Yeah, yeah. At the end, <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, <laughs> the face, fucking Steppenwolf, yeah, and the mustache. So, and that's like two DC movies. The mustache. That have- they have talking points revolving around the CGI mustache gate. Yeah. Let's not forget how horrible that was. Right. It's just unforgivable. What number are you going to give it? Uh, I'm going to say a 4.5. Wow. That's a low rating. Well, wow. All right. I'm going to look. It'll be a little. You, I know you like the, I'm going to be a little lenient be, because I did yeah. like watching it. I was having a fun time. Like I was, I, I was laughing. I enjoyed it. That yeah, the things bothered me, but it is again, it's a mixed bag. I'm gonna, I'm okay. I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna give it a six. And as far as it wears, it ranks. I do like it better than Shazam two and the Black Adam and Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of the thirteen uh, okay. for me. Uh, like if I was like a little kid, I probably would give it a six too. Oh my, like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna go higher, but but I, there's certain things that you guys brought up that this you can't argue, and you know some of the cameos are yeah borderline offensive, but but I had fun, and it was I don't know. I, I, but there are laughs to be had. Well, sure. Let's let there are laughs to be had. It has a strong narrative. It has an, a strong emotional core about the mother. So like there is a lot of actual structure to this film that's good. I, I can't just say it's completely like garbage. But I do think that the failure on epic scales on many things, I don't know. I mean, like I could probably justify a five, like if I really want to. But um, because it does have Michael Keaton. It does have. Yeah, we got to see a strong story. It does have funny moments and the the, the humor is done well sometimes. But just a comedy of terrible uh, craftsmanship. And well, what's it shoddy? What do you think about the direction, though? I thought his directing was decent. It's, it it was it, no because he allowed for that, the these visual part. Yeah, 
He's he allowed these visuals to be I like terrible. that he's like running backwards in there. Like that's kind of clever. But well, I don't like, see the thing too is the Chrome Bowl is awful. Yeah. But it's the bad CGI is peppered throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as well, we the mentioned, babies. yeah, the babies, Barry yeah. Allen's face whenever there's two of them, yes. the way yeah, he's running, the way the, the one scene where he's looking up in the sky and he's getting held like by two things and he's just it's his face CGI on the clear rubber body. Oh, yeah. He's getting the way Batman Ben Affleck runs flies through the air. It's just holy it's shit everywhere. Man. It's, there, there's a shot of ben, ben Affleck when he's on the motorcycle. It's a close up of his face. Yeah. And it's so bad. It yeah. looks like I'm looking at a PS4. It looked a little graphic. weird. It's or PS3. Weird. It does look like video game cutscene, like bad video game cutscenes. So uh, it's unforgivable that they're doing like mixed bag. Yes, it's um, it just looks bad, and it like just like Justice League has that mustache thing. Yeah, that is, I it ruined the movie for me, yeah. and I couldn't like not think about anything but that. Yeah, that's it's doing the same thing. Yeah, I think it's where I think the Justice League is worse offense because it starts with him on that mustache floaty face. Like, that's how the <laughs> fucking movie starts. I'm like, really? You didn't start out with this? So you already done. I mean, click on this is what I'm referring to. Click on that. Okay. Because you'll see the first that picture. Yeah. That that's horrible from the direct. Oh, yes. The flash director defends CGI. Scenes. No, no. But that just that, picture. that moment. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't look right. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't uh, look good. I mean, good. we know Ezra Miller's not that Jack. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. It's when he's being attacked by the dark uh, flash or whatever. I mean, I thought Bad. the suit looked kind of cool in this version. You got the ring. You got the suit in the ring, which is kind of funny. It popped out. Uh, no, they don't. He doesn't get into it. No, he just it's lets not it fall. movie magic. If we don't buy it, you have to yeah, buy yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Suits fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's find out what our listeners thought in news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Oh, guess what? I got something we haven't gotten in a while. I got a voicemail. A speak Uh-oh. pipe. A speak pipe. Guess who it's from? Oh, I'll give it three is guesses. It B I'm, or a, I'm just going to play it. Double M. What's up, Jock and Nerd Nation? It's the Speak Pipe King. The Speak Pipe King. Matthew Miller. <laughs> I'm back again. I'm traveling through the Speed Force currently. It is 1040 in Nashville, Tennessee. Just got out of watching The Flash. Whoa. Um. So. Basically, if you take away, I think, all the Marvel movies and the, and the level of greatness that they created, this movie was pretty good. I liked it a lot. Some of the CGI at times was, yeah, it was not good. I don't know what happened there. Maybe they ran out of money. But other times, it was gorgeous. It looked phenomenal. I don't know. Barry Allen, Ezra Miller, minus all of his stuff off the, off the you know, in his personal life. Some of those jokes hit a little bit too close to home in the movie. Uh, I don't know. But damn, that movie was, I liked it a lot. It was cool. For what it was, not thinking about it too much, it was a fun movie. I want to go see it again to kind of process everything again. But yeah, who knows where they go from here? You know, with James Gunn on board now with DC. So I don't know. It was fun. I liked it a lot. I'm a flash boy. Jock and Nerd Nation. <laughs> Take care. Go see Jack the movie. Support it. All right, guys. All right, so I'm a flash. Boy. He's a flash boy. Yeah, there was that joke where he's like, "The suit's really tight, but in my dick right here." Like, it's kind of <laughs> strange, <laughs> funny joke. All right, Matt, Matt Miller liked it. Let's find out who else. What other people thought? Wade Wilson just wrote, 
It was great in our uh, wow. Facebook group. Blake Braden, it was fine. Nostalgic cameos galore. I think this is like the eighth or ninth version of Flashpoint I've seen. It's almost impossible to mess up that storyline. Well, they did. They kind of did. I think I just don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash. I think I'm already getting burnt out on superhero multiverse movies and cameos just for the sake of cameos. Yeah, we've gotten so much of that. Multiverse and cameos. Jay Ness Rhymes says Keaton from the moment he appears in this film is kicking major ass. His final fight against the Kryptonian was an awesome farewell moment. Bomb after bomb after bomb. Uh, Jeff Chapman, I really enjoyed it. Keaton's calm demeanor as Batman is unmatched. Love the emotions of Barry seeing his mom one last time. Only cameo that was missing was the CW's flash. Totally wasn't expecting Clooney at the end. Daryl Cases, my generic non-spoiler review. A lot of superhero movies in general would greatly benefit from smaller budgets, tighter, smaller stories, and a lot less reliance on CGI. Absolutely. So he kind of sums it up there. So it's, yeah, people, some people do enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's, I, I've seen this. Right? It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy. But when you point out all the trash, you're like, yeah, it is, but there's trash in there. There's trash, but there's also some... If you can get over the bad CGI, then th- yeah. there is a movie there for you. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, I got some comments from our last episode when we reviewed RRR. Some interesting reactions. First of all, Nick Shev says uh, RRR is better than all things Avatar. Oh, he hates Avatar. He does hate the Avatar. And I mean, I could argue that RRR is, could be better than the Avatar, maybe. Um, David Zika uh, gives us a recommendation. Another decent Bollywood action movie. It's called Patan. It's on Prime. Not as good as RRR, but still lots of ridiculous action and a memorable dance number. Like a Bollywood James Bond. That sounds fun. David Zika watches everything. He does. This week on the <laughs> he does watch a lot of things, and I love his um, his uh, recommendations and quick reviews on random shit that's on streaming random. services. But it's always good to know someone can watch it. Okay, over on our YouTube channel, this episode got a lot of reaction. It's an international podcast. We're discussing an international movie. Uh, so I just want to share some of these because the passionate passionate viewers here. Uh, Sachin C says, oh, also, they're going to mention some things that I said that sometimes I say things just to see if people are paying attention. I knew it was going to be problematic when I said certain things. And people are paying attention. This is what I'm talking about. Sachin C says, RRR is not a Bollywood movie. It is a Telugu language film which represents India. Bollywood. Yeah, you fuck. Bollywood only produces Hindi language movies. And I said, thanks for the clarification. Okay, you're right. Uh, But another guy said, um, uh, Mayank Singh says, Bollywood can't produce anything like RRR. And then Silver Rahul actually points out what I said. And I said, anything from India, I'm going to consider it Bollywood. He said, that is so wrong. That is like saying anything from East Asia, I'm going to consider it Chinese. Bollywood is not the same as Tollywood. They are distinct. They are not the same. They don't overlap. I'm glad these people have corrected me. This is very important because I did. And again, sometimes I say shit to see people paying attention. But they called me out and <laughs> you stupid American. And uh, you're right. Tollywood and Bollywood are different. And so then we got other uh, recommendations. And Dollywood is and awesome. Dollywood is a completely yeah. different thing. Dolly Parton yeah. is a national treasure. Don't fuck with her. Right. Uh, also, he said, if we like RRR, uh, people recommending Bahubali, which is also Rajamuli's movie. Uh, Amar Desmukh says, watch Sardar Udham next. Uh, Pinku Balian says, watch Vikram movie also. Uh, Dika Sap- 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 Saputra wants us to review The Night Comes for Us. We get a lot of, we've gotten a lot of requests about The Night Comes for Us. He says the film is more gory and more violent than the Raid franchise. 
Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And then another, oh, Bold Truths commented, great review. I want to recommend you a critic-proof Indian movie. Sardhar Udham from 2021 is the best Bollywood movie ever made. IMDb 8.4, Rotten Tomatoes 94%. Mark my words, you will not forget this movie. It will break your stereotype regarding Indian movies that are only song and dance and fun. It will change your top 10 movie list of all times. It is a modern classic. You'll experience the new dimension of Indian cinema. An exceptional gem, he writes. Sadar mm. Udham. Wow. Best well, story I, you never I, heard I have a comment. Yeah. It, this is, it's been a while. Other than the 80s movies, it's been a while since we've gotten this level of views. Yes. On our on the YouTube. Nerd YouTube. Yes. And interaction. Yes. So we've got a lot of views, Bip Times, but not much interaction. Yeah, we sparked something. So basically what I'm implying here is is... You know what our niche should be is just Americans reviewing these Indian language action and getting, movies, yes, serious, I mean, and getting movies. things wrong or loving it, or just, whether they be Tollywood, Bollywood, whatever woods they got out there. That's the market we got. No, we for. have it. There's a niche on YouTube because we've talked about internally on the show how our the uh, epi- the reviews of the 80s and 90s action movie episodes get a lot of views. People are looking for people reviewing like Cobra and fucking all this shit. And then this the interaction, th- this interaction on RRR is the most interaction I've ever got on the YouTube <laughs> fucking video. So there's something there, Anthony. We gotta, we're gonna have to mine this. We're gonna follow we're gonna these. Be the, the Americans reviewing uh, movies from India. Patan. I think I think we do Patan next. We do all these. We're gonna get a huge <laughs> dude. We got a huge viewership over in India on our YouTube. That's what. Now this listen, uh, all you uh, people that are listening from India, like which movie have like boobs that we. None of them. They don't make those in Indian. Now I'm going to. Well, gonna, gonna okay, eat. get to work on that well, Bollywood. Yeah but, yeah, but also, you only have seen Bollywood. Maybe, Clearly, yes. you don't know shit about Tollywood. Maybe Tollywood Maybe has Tollywood boobs. Does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Listener, let us know if you're a Tollywood fan. Is there boobs in Tollywood? I'd like to know. Although there seemed there was a lot of religious stuff in RRR, so I doubt it. Oh, but yes, that's what's missing. We're gonna follow this thread. We're gonna we're gonna explore this niche to get our YouTube views up. It's a great idea. Okay, let's finish up with what are we watching, everyone? Anthony, you watch anything interesting? Well, I've got to watch. I I realized that I've really put this. I'm I'm the guy that's I'm the kid in high school that is doing his homework at the very last minute with this upcoming tournament we have next week for the 21st century. I have to watch a shit ton of movies. I still have to watch seven in a week, less than a week now. Wait, so I think I have to watch seven also. Can I propose something to you? What if... What if we don't have time to watch? Are you going to watch them all? Do you think you'll be able to oh, yeah. co- cover the list? Okay. Oh, yeah. So in the off chance that maybe I don't get to see every movie, can I tag you in for the votes on a movie that oh. I'm like, I did not watch this. I, 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 I can't. Yeah, sure. Right. Can I can I use yeah, you as a fine. proxy? That's fine. Phone a friend. Yeah, it's a phone. You can a friend. phone a friend. Okay, okay. That, that's a good idea. Okay. I, I would I would prefer you see the movies. Yes, but if you have too. But if I just run out of time, I'm going to try really hard. I was thinking about this. I may have yeah. to tag you in. Okay, good. I would love that. Okay. But try to watch the movies. I'm going to try to watch all the movies. Yeah. Because of this, I've watched three movies um, in prep. I watched The Equalizer. Oh, nice. Which uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Um, Denzel is awesome in anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like The Equalizer. It is like Home Alone at the end. Yes. In, in Walmart. or Violent uh, Home Alone. Home Depot. Yeah. Home Depot. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched... What was the next one I watched yesterday? Fuck. What, did it, what was that? Um, foreign language film. Shit. Well, I watched uh, Atomic Blonde. That's not a foreign oh, language film yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. Charlize Theron. Um, 
Charlie's there. Good, great one shot scene. Oh, nice. Um, plot's a little kind of confusing. It's like a spy thing going on that I was a little bit confused on, but uh, very well well shot for sure. And then I watched uh, Apocalypto yesterday. Oh shit, you did. I liked Apocalypto. Yeah. Um, very much. Um, I mean, not like a huge, huge action movie, but um, as far as setting and immersing you in something completely different. Uh, very well done. So there's like no English yeah. in that movie, also, right? Yeah, Mel Gibson no. can make a good movie. He does about anything. He really yeah, does. It's a good movie. Fucking it is a very good movie. It's all in Mayan. Wow, very solid movie. There's so, there's verisimilitude in that. Mm-hmm. It feels real. Yes, it does. So, so, and that's what you want. Is that? I'm glad you defined it because when you said verisimilitude, I said yes, not knowing what <laughs> I don't that. Know what that word is. Yep, it looks real. So it feels if I don't real. understand what it means, I'm going to take it as disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you with your big words. <laughs> um, I caught up to one of the movies on our list. I watched Ip Man from 2008. It's on what is it on? I think it's on Peacock. I am an Ip Man. Ip Man it's with, on uh, Netflix too. Oh, maybe it was Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Yen uh, in this. It's based on a true story by the guy who actually he, Bruce Lee trained with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the guy who, uh, Wing Chun, who teaches Wing Chun, but takes place in the 20s. It's kind of a period piece during the Chinese-Japanese War, Japanese Empire, you know, kind of uh, occupy China, and uh, it's there's a, so you learn a little bit of history, but fantastic fucking fight scenes between Donnie Yen and his opponents, some, uh, you know, I, is there, I think it's this one, there's a scene where there's like 20 dudes, it's everything. Yep. Where he's just, yeah, at the end, he's fucking fighting all these dudes at once. It's very good. It's a little slow in the middle. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with his family, but then the end picks up again. Uh, yeah, and I liked the whole like World War II kind of uh, aspect of it. So that's good. Rugs, what'd you watch? I watched the entire series Bloodhounds on Netflix. I saw this. What is this? This is a Korean show. Yeah, it's a Korean show. It is about uh, two boxers that um, become friends. And one of the boxers, mom, owns like a a restaurant. Anyhow, uh, because COVID, this is a uh, COVID-based thing. Yeah. It's all happening during COVID. So because COVID, everybody's businesses are like closing up and losing money. And so they, her, his mom like gets involved with a loan shark and, um, that creates a whole, uh, you know, domino effect that now affects these two new friends. And, uh, they end up having to become like kind of like vigilantes and they met, they meet up with, uh, uh, some other vigilantes, and they try and take down this really fucking evil dude down. And um, it's like, <laughs> it's remember that movie, remember that video game, Streets of Rage? Yeah, yeah. Where they just two guys that just beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, like Double Dragon or something. Yeah, yeah it, 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 that's basically what it is. But it's also probably the most homoerotic uh, oh, yeah? thing I've ever seen. <laughs> But I couldn't stop. You watched it. the whole ten episode or eight or however long. Yeah, it is? remember how oh, we gosh. watched RRR and it was like a little homoerotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that scene where they're friends yeah. and they're like doing things together. Yeah. This is these guys are like naked all the time together. They're like working out together. They're like hugging each other, staring in each other's eyes, and but they're best friends. It's like a bromance. But I mean, like it, it's it's a it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. But um. 
it's fucking good. I really liked it. I dug it. I I was watch. I couldn't stop watching. Wow. It, so. so after uh, you said you told me that after Ip Man, I did check out the first episode of Bloodhounds. There's a, there is a fantastic fight at the end of that first episode where he's got. Yeah, the first episode like it takes a lot. It took a, took a little while burn. to set up. Yeah, but. But he, there's another. There's the scene where he's fighting like ten dudes at once. I have I have a small problem with the show, and that is it keeps recycling the same bad guy. All like you think that like okay they're gonna kill him this time. They're gonna fucking kill this dude because hey, they this dude's a big pain in the ass. They just gotta fucking kill this guy. But I think that they, they their code is they don't kill people. Okay. So this guy is like you know he always comes back. I'm like. How many times is this guy gonna come back? <laughs> it's like in the comic books where you just you never kill the villain. So like yeah. you come back. Right. But uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Right. Uh the last episode is a little bit of a like it, it ends abruptly, like a little little too quick. And uh not as satisfying as an ending as I liked, but I did enjoy the run. Bloodhounds yeah. on Netflix. Uh yeah. yeah, no, I enjoyed that first episode. I gotta watch these other movies, but I'm gonna go back and finish it. Uh, did you feel in the first episode it was a little bit a little bit too romantic. Well, between the two guys, they definitely have a bromance. I mean, it's a boxing movie, right? So they're in the gym. <laughs> they fucking have the tops off. They're hitting people. They got adrenaline pumping. What's going to happen? Yeah. But they were, they yeah, their friendship was cute. I think they're from the 100, too. Oh, I think these two are they? actors are from, yeah. I believe yeah. so. Uh, Otherwise, I'm just being really racist by saying oh, that. Jesus Christ. But I, I feel like I've I feel like I've seen them before. That's why. No, I'm but saying. in the one, there may have been actors in the 100, but those are all like different professions and like actual people. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'll look it up later. Uh, Black Mirror season six is out. I was only able to watch the first episode. Called Joan is awful. It's really good. It's a very. You're doing watching other shit. I when know. You got I need to watch these movies, but I was torn. Action movies to watch because Extraction Two came out, and then I was like, "Fuck, I want to watch that. We have to watch that at some point." Black, yeah, we will. Black Mirror, I love. I'm like, I got to check out at least one episode of Black Mirror. It is a b- amazing meta commentary on Netflix and TV shows and AI. This first episode, it's very good, and there's only like five episodes this season. But I got to catch up. Then I watched Ip Man, and then I also watched Star Trek: Strange New Worlds season two that came back. Uh, but uh, there's just too many. You things. know you have homework, right? And I watched that Stanley documentary, and I got to do my Christ. homework. Yeah, that's why you never get to. I know, I'm like you're watching watch everything else. With Black Mirror, to be fair, I, I watched Bloodhead. Black- so. Yeah, he watched the whole fucking Korean yeah, series. But, but I think you've seen it. The I think Rugs has seen all the movies. Yeah, yeah, fine. Have you? You haven't seen all the. No, movies, No, right? I still. I probably have like seven left too. That's why I put proposed the tag in rule. I, just I understand. In case. I understand. Anyways, that's it. Out. We're gonna talk offline about this. We'll figure this out. <laughs> I'm gonna slap you around. But a if you're looking for stuff to watch this week, like I said, Extraction Two is out. Secret Invasion also starts this week with its first oh, wow. episode on Disney Plus. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, Secret Invasion score right now is 66 percent with 56 reviews. So. Hmm. I'm looking forward to Secret Invasion. That is, I'm like, I, we're going to have to stop and watch that, but then we'll talk about that later after the tournament. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah, catch after. up all that other stuff. So point is, there's a lot of stuff to watch. Get to work, everyone. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? Uh, Twitter, uh, really rug boy. I got that link to his Twitter, our Twitter, all in our episode description, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, leave a voice message like Maddie Miller, voice speak by King. Uh, I love hearing those. And uh, most importantly, share the show. Spread the geekery. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock.
He's a nerd. Beep, beep, next time. That's a big fuck up right there. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Floppy jock. Jockey nerd.